Well, all right, kiddos, it's time to sharpen up those edges and grease up your chains. We are going to live it up with mountain life. Dropping in five, four, three, two, one. What's up, mountain lifers, mountain lovers, caretakers of the wild, and explorers of the NAR? Thanks for tuning into the show. Thanks for spending your valuable time here living it up with mountain life. My name is Feet Banks. It's late January. It hasn't snowed in a while here in the Coast Mountains, and I don't even care because I was lucky enough to spend five days at Silvertip Heli Skiing last week uh, up in the Caribou Mountains here in British Columbia. And listen, there's no such thing as a bad heli lodge, but Silvertip might be my favorite because it's so remote, fully off-grid, out on the shores of Quinell Lake, which is this massive lake in a huge glacial fjord the deepest lake in British Columbia. You know, it has spots that are over 500 meters deep. That's uh, 1,677 feet for you Americans out there. The lake, it's like 100 kilometers long, super deep, super dark. It doesn't even freeze entirely most winters, and it has this personality. And sometimes you're skiing right on top of that, staring down at this dark gray slash of flowing, moving water and geological time as pow flies up in your face all day. Man, it, it feels like real wilderness. And, uh, and that's kind of what I like to get out into. And that's why it's a special place, Silvertip Heliskiing. Check them out. Our guest today is no stranger to pow flying in her face, pow flying everywhere. Tatum Minode is on the show today, and uh, we had a really nice talk. Good fun, energy, great person. I enjoyed it very much. That's coming up in a bit. Right now, though, what's happening with you? Are you getting your own pow turns this winter? Are you getting your own... Heli experience? What kind of winter are you having? What are the lineups like at your ski hill? Are you surviving the plague? Have you got your two-factor authentication on, most importantly, right? So we're talking about computers now, about social media, all the accounts, all the stupid passwords you need to remember, and then reset because you can't remember, and then you can't use the same one that you just forgot once you do remember. It's all very painful, but it's important because the hackers, man, the hackers are out there. And they're trying to get in. We had a good friend, a super talented photographer, one of the best in the world, with one of the most beautiful Instagram accounts of anyone. And the hackers got him. They got in somehow, some greasy hacker trick where you think you're entering your info in a real place, but it's not a real place. And they held his account for ransom, even made posts pretending to be him. And as I'm sure we can guess, you know, no support from Instagram, from whatever they're calling their overlord company now, Meta, no support, no help. No team to fight back the hackers. Not one single iota of support or response, apparently. So our friend, he had to buy his account back. I mean, you know, those are thousands of photos on there. Thousands of followers who love them. You know, our Instagrams are kind of like a yearbook of our lives in a lot of ways. So he paid. I don't know how much, but uh, it doesn't really matter. The hackers won. And they'll keep winning, it sounds like, because the big tech companies don't give a shit about you and they're not there to help which isn't really a surprise, but yeah, you know, now might be a good time to beef up your security on all the accounts. Go two-factor. It's a bit of a pain in the ass. You got to get a text. You got to remember a number. But you, every time you want to sign in, you got to go through this process, but it helps keep the hackers out. You know, the hackers aren't like they used to be in the movies when I was a kid. 1995, hackers, Angelina Jolie, Johnny Lee Miller as high school kids who saved the world from Fisher Stevens who you know is a bad guy because he rides a skateboard. Take my money, Angelina, hack away. No, 
If only it was that simple and innocent. It's not. The hackers are out to screw us all now. And pretty soon the machines are going to be hacking us on their own. Skynet. Terminator 2. Remember that? That's the way we're heading. And then that's the end. No more nothing. So check your accounts. Or maybe turn them all off. But no one's going to do that. I'm not. How am I going to know when the natural selection tour live stream starts if I do that? How am I going to see stuff? How am I going to know how big of a fish Tatum Minode caught? Or how gnarly of a lion she just shredded? I sat down with Tatum in early December after a day uh, on the ski hill in Whistler. That's a shared territory of the Squamish and Lilwat nations if you're keeping track, which you should be because it's important to know whose territory you're on and what those nations are all about and some of their stories and their history and how you can help preserve and protect that territory for future generations, future generations of indigenous peoples, of settlers, and the future of the land itself because the land is more important than any of us. So Tatum and I met up in Whistler and we talked mostly about hunting and fishing and baking a little bit about skiing, and a little bit about the film that she dropped this season. The film's called Passage. Uh, you can find it online and on Red Bull TV. And I highly recommend you either watch it right now, before we jump into this conversation, or right afterwards. It's up to you, but watch it. Passage. It kicks ass. Okay, here we go. Tatum Minode. Let's start. Okay, here we are in Whistler. With Tatum, and Tatum, uh, thanks for your time. Tell me about your day. What's happening today? Uh, second day of the season for me today. Nice. So yeah, went up black home, just made a few mellow runs. I, you just informed me that Peak opened over on Whistler, so I'm feeling like I really kind of blew it. But yeah, you know, yeah. tomorrow's going to be a good day. It's stacking up already tonight. So. It's, it's starting to happen. So you've got a... A night plan tonight, a girls' night. Have you done any baking for this event? <laughs> Actually, I, I'm gonna do a banana cake. That's, nice. Yeah. You're gonna go home and make one. Yeah. Everyone I speak I speak to you about you says ask her about baking. So we're gonna start with that. <laughs> it's uh, a lifelong passion, or is this something that you've picked up recently? A lifelong passion. Yeah, I was baking with my grandma so long. Some of my first memories were making sticky buns with my nanny in our little cottage kitchen. So for sure. And so where was that? Where did you where did you grow up? Well, I grew up in Banff, um, but every summer we'd go to Ontario, where my mom's from, and uh, we had a little cabin on Lake Tomogamy. And uh, yeah, I just would fish and make sticky buns with my nanny. It Perfect. Was... And and now you, you're taking it to the next level. Someone told me <laughs> cupcakes are your go to. Uh cup like you name it right i, I like pies what's pies, your favorite pie pies are kind of my specialty oh, man. um it's a bit of an art with a pie because like you, you know you've had like the pies with the great crust and the ones with the shitty crust for sure they have to be flaky yeah. it, like you have to have a flaky crust or I'm, you're blowing it i'm big into pie and we'll loop back to that later <laughs> so is your is your crust recipe is that a family uh, heirloom a family traditional it's, recipe? it's not it's tried and true though it's right. just one of those things where it's like really easy to mess up and incredibly frustrating like I'm not one of those people in the kitchen that's like oh this is so like relaxing I'm like no like this is it's got to be really good like it's got to be perfect super exacting with your measurements and everything or do you kind of freestyle it baking is an art it is chemistry if you're off just in the slightest it's just not gonna pan out so yeah it's very precise okay Awesome. Like even the salt, right? It's not a pinch of salt. It's a, an eighth of a teaspoon. Or... No, I'm not that crazy. All right. All I, right. I'll do the pinch, but you know. Um, 
I just saw you, you just dropped a, a film on the internet, redbull.com passage. Um, I think it's some of the best powder skiing I've ever seen captured on film. That, that opening segment where it's really in, in tight and close. Uh, who shot that? That was uh, Clay Mitchell. He was doing all the follows. Um, and Cam Batten came in and did a trip uh, the first year of the project here in Braylorn. Um, Cam's incredible as well. But yeah, CK9 Studios yeah. was my partner on that one. And it was the absolute dream team. Well, was- everyone go check it out right now. It's on the internet. But uh, that was a two-year project, you said? Yeah. Yeah. Year one was a COVID year. So yeah. pretty tough. Um, we got cut off right during prime time. Um we we're just sinking into filming and just when everything, you know, big lines and stability, everything was lining up, all of a sudden we were cut off. So yeah. that was a bit of a hit. Um, so yeah, I decided to make it into a two year, which ended up being a blessing in disguise. Like I'm just so glad that, that it all ended up that way. Um, cause year two was phenomenal. And, um, aside from a bit of a concussion issue that I was dealing with, it was just, all time, super yeah. super fun year of filming, and you kept it most pretty local here in the in the Coast Mountains. Yeah, here in uh, Nelson. Right. Yeah. Awesome. For the majority, and then I should say I did that trip uh, to the Rockies, back to Banff with my dad, and that yeah. was that was one of the coolest days I've ever had in the mountains in my life. So awesome. Well, let's let's bounce back to that. Growing up, I know uh, it says in the film. I don't want to give too much away, but you came to skiing late in the game. Obviously, a uh, very ski focused family but they didn't force on you what did you do before you were 12 i i grew up riding horses right and doing gymnastics um but yeah i i just did horse stuff that was my life and then my mom and dad kind of came to me they're like okay it's either like you sell your horse or you ski it's not going to be both it was kind of this ultimatum and i just will never forget i was so torn but for some reason skiing was just pulling me in in that direction and i i really haven't looked back since yeah so. yeah and, and then you you trained as a racer yeah all through I, high school i mean i i distinctively remember my first day skiing like right. i was 12 years old like i can yeah, see yeah, it now in my head like it was you know i'd like to say it wasn't that long ago but i'm 30 now so <laughs> let's not go there in, in the grand scheme of geological time <laughs> that's just an instant ago yeah totally i mean it feels like just yesterday though i can see it you know and you and you knew right away this is going to be my thing or, or did it take a couple times it was my thing right. like right off the bat it yeah. was kind of it i you know for a lack of better term i just didn't need to be taught it was just kind of like i clipped in and I went and, uh, it was, yeah, I don't know. It's his, it's history ever since. <laughs> Your family has a shop. So even before you skied, were you a little kid scurrying around the shop and you oh, know, with yeah. the wax shavings on the floor? And... <laughs> yeah. Making the wax balls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Grew up around all the ski tuning equipment. Probably why I'm half deaf now, <laughs> but, uh, no, yeah, that was like the rite of passage as a Minode. All of my family, my cousins, my aunt, my uncle, my mom, dad, grandfather, we all worked in the store. That yeah. was just what we did. And we did it from a young age. We just started pretty much folding clothing. Right. Um, and yeah, it's... it's. Is have, have you been able to 
carry that skill? Like, is your closet super organized? Is, are all your shirts folded like they're at a store? It's ridiculous. Awesome. I, everything is like um, color coordinated. I, I'm definitely not an OCD person, but I like the visual appeal of just having like a color scheme and having things like just lined up yeah. in, in a closet. I think there's something to be said about that. You're a bit of a fashion. Uh, that's an interest of yours or fashionista? I guess so. Is that, is, that what, is, that, well, is that what they say nowadays? <laughs> is that what the kids are calling it? I'll take it. Fashion nerd? Or... I, I'll take it. Um, yeah. No, I definitely, yeah, I love clothing. Fashion design has always been a big thing to me i actually went to design school for two years and right. in salt lake city um yeah i took textiles and advanced sewing and started sinking my teeth into that program and like really really loving it and enjoying it and then i got the call from red bull that they wanted me on the team so right. it was kind of like that's an opportunity i can't pass up yeah, i'm gonna yeah. just like go for the skiing thing 100 percent Totally. Now, of course, you're living in the fashion epicenter of Pemberton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have a general store. That's where yeah. all the latest trends come in. No, it's hard to spend money living in Pemberton, that's yeah. for sure. Um, but I am still so driven by design and um, just working with Arcteryx, that's really where I see myself progressing. Right. That's I'm like super, super passionate about design so I, that's awesome i want to evolve in that direction that's awesome let's let's backtrack a little bit there to the sort of end end of high school end of racing did that sort of line up around the same time i know there was a did you burn out with racing or, or what happened when you switched from that side to the uh to the free ski side yeah i think you know i like i traveled a lot with racing i was doing norams and some of the bigger races in europe and um i remember like doing pretty well especially in GS, like at my points, I was, I was kind of killing it like in yeah. Canada and then went to Europe and just got absolutely schooled. Like I, I was, it was eye opening. Like I was kind of coming in, like right. feeling pretty hot, feeling pretty good. And then the girls that were five years younger were just absolutely smoking me. And that's when I realized like, okay, I <laughs> might not have her here. Like, I think I, I, yeah. I don't know if this racing thing, if I'm quite, quite cut out um it was pretty eye-opening but um I did get offered a NCAA scholarship to the University of Alaska and I wrote my SATs just passed them that was a struggle for me <laughs> right because were you like you know the, the typical ski town racing program where you're you're training you know five five days a week four days oh, a week yeah. I went to, to high school grade 12 like 36 days yeah if that yeah. it was like 30 or 36 days so i was i was never there um so i just squeaked the, by you weren't the prom queen then or <laughs> no. <laughs> did you go to your prom i did go to graduation i remember walking up on stage and being really curious as to whether or not they were gonna pass me <laughs> my diploma like i wasn't sure if i graduated to yeah. be totally real i was just i mean yes like once i chose skiing that that was my it's yeah. been my life ever since i've sacrificed absolutely everything school included to get right. there so um yeah that's that's kind of where i'm still at <laughs> yeah well then you shifted to free skiing and just put out the best pow segment ever filmed on skis and some some seriously gnarly lines um in that movie as well which uh i love to see that thank um, you Fee. Yeah, yeah it was honestly the best two years of my life filming was, that project it was so much fun 
when you were coming over to uh, you know the the non competitive side, the fun side of skiing, were were there uh, certain uh, athletes either you know in town or just abroad that you're looking up to or mentors that you uh, you know could follow along with and learn? I mean, yeah, I think that's what life is about just surrounding yourself with mentors and that was the biggest thing for me coming into this free ski world was just like I was just starstruck by everyone you know I was just this little young ski racing kid that I liked skiing I never thought I wanted to be a pro skier by any means but I definitely totally idolized like the the Sarahs and the Ingrids and um I remember one day very distinctively at Revelstoke. This is the second year the hill had ever opened. It was like incredible. No one was up there. You yeah. just ski onto the lift, ski pow all day long. This little hidden gem at the time. And Ingrid came up, she was shredding, and I just asked her straight up if I could do some laps with her. And she was so nice. She's just so kind of just took me under her wing, like, Yeah, let's go, let's do this. And I remember being like, I'm going to do backflips in front of Ingrid. She's going to think I'm super cool. (laughs) And sure enough, I was just like throwing backflips out of my pocket, left, right, and center. Nice. We get to the bottom. She's like, you rip. (laughs) I just remember being like, oh, this is like my dream. So psyched. My dream. Did you have the backflip? In your pocket, like that was a go-to trick, or were oh, you yeah. like, or you were you sort of winging it? No, no, that right. was like clockwork for me. Yeah, I, yeah. I, probably the gymnast background or whatever. I right. Just, and I'd been shredding the the Revelstoke. I'd been living there, right? So I knew all the little hits, right, right, the right. ones that I could get it around on and nice. like impress her. That was my nice. biggest goal. <laughs> um, I saw you went up. Uh, you guys did a girls' trip up to maybe was it or yes yeah, yeah talk about that and also that was with some snowboarders too i don't know if it was what's it yeah should um, we, we can cut that out yeah all right we'll, we'll whip that out uh <laughs> we, valley serious <laughs> you, you guys went up to valley serious a girl's trip yeah zipper mouth creek up by there so yeah. uh but i mean anyone that knows where where that is power to them if they want to go mm-hmm. try and ski it it's definitely um you know, proper little approach and a beautiful, big, big line, an amazing face. But um, to do that with Taylor Godber and my friend MP was just uh, like incredible. It yeah. was so, so cool. We actually, we got, it was day two that we, we ended up getting it. Um, the first day was total fail. We just picked the wrong skin track, got basically ran out of time. It got dark and I'm like, okay, hey, we got to. Yeah. We got to turn around here. And then the, the next day we came back and I kind of looked at Taylor. I was like, I think we can just punch up that on our sleds. Like, right. let's try. What's the worst that can happen? Uh, lots, but yeah, we, we went for it and ended up putting in the gnarliest double I've ever done. And Taylor and I just flew up it. And then it was, yeah, like one of those days in the mountains where you're just like, pinch me like this is such a dream come to fruition it was so cool awesome and it just rad women out there getting after it having fun was that something that you were doing a lot in revelstoke was it a lot of backcountry there too or or much sledding or was it mostly just off the hill i mean i was i was just 19 18 19 at that time so i was just getting laughs under me i was just yeah doing the resort thing and that's really what you need to do to like learn how to ski like refine your skills and um I did some of the contests and whatnot and then when I came out here um I ended up getting a snowmobile I think my first like I think I got my first sled like seven seven years ago or something and 
that just opens up a whole other world, right? It's yeah. just like that's what it's all about. Out here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Possibilities are endless. Awesome. So um I always I always waffle, you know, this week you're my favorite skier. Next week it might be Logan or Kai or <laughs> you know, but this week it's you. But what you are for sure always is my favorite fly fisher woman. <laughs> so I know you mentioned fishing in Ontario with your grandparents is Fishing's been just a through line through your whole life. When did you get into fly fishing? Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, some of my f- very first memories, like ones that you shouldn't, memories that you shouldn't even have. You were so young, you yeah. know, were of fly fishing with my dad um, in his drift boat on the on the Bow River. He put me in this like big Tupperware container and we just flowed down the river and he'd catch a fish, pass me the rod. And I just remember like, feeling that the energy of like something on the yeah. end of that line it was like what this is like oh amazing and it's the same feeling that i still get to this day i'm absolutely obsessed with with it yeah and i and i i think i saw on your uh, instagram you were just down south like in the tropics yeah catching roosters or yeah well yes i was it, <laughs> kind of a, a dream come true like i've been wanting to fish specifically and catch a rooster fish for eight years like i have i have one painted on my wall (laughs) at home like i'm obsessed with these fish Uh, it finally happened (laughs) yeah it finally happened the last day the last few hours of the trip right and it came together ended up landing a beautiful beautiful rooster fish and honestly yeah the whole trip was just outstanding but um and why were you so obsessed with that fish is it just because they look like they look people you should google rooster fish but (laughs) but or is it is there something else to it as well oh there's so much about just i mean each species has different um kind of personalities really and a rooster fish is just very much like the the kind of boss they're the, the boss of the ocean in a way they're like very aggressive and smart they're really really smart and strategic too so if if you catch one it's like you are in the right time the right place stripping the right way it wasn't by accident no it's like they're very very smart fish and um they're definitely like to catch one from a boat school but to catch one from the beach is like yeah pretty next level yeah wow i was really happy (laughs) so how many days on the water do you get in a year Oof. like are you fishing all summer Yes. Um, I, it's kind of something I'm pondering. I'm like, how can I, how can I do it more? Yeah. I really want to see, figure that one out. Cause it's like, it feels like there's more, almost more of a lane for female fly fisher people than like, than skiing either. Like, it seems like, you know, there's a, a few women out there fishing that are really, seems like they're doing well anyhow. Yeah. I mean, fishing's always just going to be my, my like, hobby and yeah. my, my passion i never want to turn it into like fishing work and pies <laughs> yeah I, I never want to like you know try and be like a professional right. angler by any right, means right. um it's just my love and it's like my obsession and my hobby and my passion yeah. um but i want to do it as much as i can and i'm that's the glory of it right i can do it for like I'll be like ninety years old and I'll be casting totally. off, of, off and of getting boat. better the whole time. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. yeah, so much to learn. Um, have you been up to Terrace? Have you done a ski trip up there? Mm-mm. It's pretty good because you can go for steelhead in the morning, right, or in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and then rip pow the other part of the day. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, the 
steelhead population is dwindling hard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's some really, really interesting podcasts out there. Actually, April Vokey did one um, about that waterway specifically, and it's just like it's really sad what's yeah. going on. So it's I, I'm really hoping the numbers will come back harder and stronger in the, in the following years because I that's my dream. I want to go up there and I want to fish it. That was my plan this fall, but I pulled the plug just because it just morally didn't feel right. To yeah. Be. Well, I, uh, I've been up there the last couple of years and I never catch anything, but I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to blame my own skills rather than the, the fishery, but maybe it's a bit of both. Well, that's the thing with steelheading, right? It's like you, it, you might never catch yeah, one yeah. your whole life. And, but that's not the point. It's no, it, just it's, being it's in that environment. It's a beautiful river to go stand on. Exactly. For sure. Shout out Skeena Spay. Those are my boys up there. Oh yeah. 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 Um, also it was, I guess. Two or three years ago, though, you came at us for the magazine with a hunting story that never got run. But tell me about that hunt. The photos were phenomenal. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that was the trip of a lifetime. That was, uh, yeah, unbelievable. Um, I went up to the Yukon with Jessie Young. She's a longtime friend of mine. I I grew up ski racing with her and her brother. And uh, she owns an outfitter up there called Midnight Sun. And uh, yeah, I hit her up. I knew nothing about hunting. Right. Never, it wasn't something you've done your whole life. Gosh, or? no, no, no. I'd never even really shot a gun. Right. Like I never, I've never even like killed a squirrel. Like, yeah, I feel bad, like setting a mouse trap. Like I'm, I'm that, yeah, that on that level. So, um, to kind of like take that leap was huge for me, but I just had this kind of realization of like, I'm a meat eater. I'm yeah. never not going to be a meat eater. It's just like what I need in my body. I grew up with it and respect to all the vegans and vegetarians, but um, the diet's just not for me. It just doesn't work for me. So I really wanted to kind of start to acknowledge and figure out where my meat was coming from and going to the grocery store and buying this stuff just like wrapped in plastic and smacked on styrofoam. I was like kind of just getting super grossed out and yeah thought it would be incredible and like a beautiful way to um you know pay homage to to something that I, I was eating to go and hunt it myself so yeah, yeah. hit up jesse and she was fired up like right off the bat she's like oh gosh yeah i'm gonna we're gonna get you so dialed i took all my courses um got my license and within a few months i practiced shooting my rifle with daryl treadway oh, yeah, shout nice. out to daryl cool. thank That's you good mentor for hunting for he, sure yeah he got me all dialed and i knew nothing i was like help i need help um and yeah at this point i'd just been like practicing with targets and going to the range so i again had never killed anything and all of a sudden i found myself on this like two and a half week horseback hunt in the middle of the yukon and it was just like life-changing like it was absolutely incredible and so then are, is that part of your routine now are you hunting every fall i didn't get to hunt the last two falls um sadly um but there's actually five or six days left in the season in right. squamish so i'm still not losing hope on this season but um that's the thing with hunting, right? Like the conditions, everything has to line up so well. Like we just got a bunch of snow. So to walk around in crunchy, loud yeah. snow isn't really ideal right now. If it warms up, then I'm definitely going to take advantage of these next six days and try and go out. But um, 
Hunting is definitely something that, again, like you need a mentor. You need somebody to help. And I I personally am not confident enough to just go out into the bush yeah, and, yeah. and walk around trying to find something. I'm not there yet. Maybe one day. And that's what I – That's def- I definitely have a goal to like do it every year and um, get dialed. Um, but, yeah, it's – it's a real deal thing. It feels like a lot of your favorite things are a good excuse to get outside. Yeah, right? you could say that. <laughs> um, you've got a brother. I know that. Any other uh, siblings? or No, nope, just my big bro. Right. So yeah. how was that growing up? Were you guys competitive? Did you fight? Did you oh, get along? My brother shaped me for right. sure. He kicked my ass. <laughs> yeah, he definitely like tough love. And like to this day, we still just tease each other and like we're hard on each other but we love each other so much and um it's definitely him that like made me who i am he's just your first heavy metal tape and stuff like that well more like rap and you know all the the stuff i wasn't allowed to listen to i kind of got my hands on because my brother had it on his on his like shockproof walkman or whatever (laughs) he's just uh i'm so proud of him too he's like really taking the reins and he's now the owner of the minot sports my family's business and he's it's third generation thanks to him and yeah he just works so hard he's he's incredible yeah awesome yeah no i mean that's an institution that shop right your grandfather you know, came over in the start of the 1900s, wasn't it? Yeah, it's 75, 75 years the shop's been running um, and it's been in the family ever since. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, to learn more about that whole kind of lineage and family history, watch Passage, because that's really what my, what my film's about. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you remember your, your first pair of skis? How long? What brand? They were the, was it the B12s? Like, I can see them, the blue ones. Yeah, the Rosignol B12s. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And I think you're probably too young. You never uh, mess with rear entry boots probably, hey? No, no. They're the best. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take your word for yeah, it, Yeah, I still, I still have mine from grade nine. But um, what uh, You mentioned uh, getting over an injury. Has Have you had a lot of uh, those hurdles of injury in your career? Definitely, Even yeah. Even back into racing? or no. I with racing it was funny I would, I would crash I would I would eat I would eat shit and I would like get up and be like oh miraculously I'm yeah, yeah. fine rubbery little gymnast kid. yeah totally I, I was kind of one of those things where I'm like I might be that skier that like knocks on wood never tears their knee you know right. and then boom all of a sudden it was like kind of a few hits back to back um for me in in my career but I mean, what are the highs without the lows, you know, like I think injuries really put things in perspective and I've, I've taken a lot of learning from from those hits. Was there some dark times? Like I know a lot of people have a, you know, when they can't do what they love, they get really depressed. Like, was it, how did you navigate through that? Oh gosh. I mean, that's the hardest part. I think recovering physically from an injury is tricky, but, um, yeah, the mental side is just a whole other battle. And it's like so many people are like, oh, you just you be positive and you just like, yeah, you know, yeah, you, yeah. you change that frame of mind. And it's like, no, like yeah. sometimes it's just it just sucks. And you just have to accept that it's going to get better eventually. But in this moment, it, no, it's not fun. It's not rainbows and butterflies all the time. And um, I think at the end of the day, though, it does make you stronger um, for sure. But concussions are Definitely, like I, I had an eye-opening experience with uh, concussions. 
that last season I rung my bell pretty good and it it's really really wreaked havoc on me like yeah. I couldn't even form sentences properly it was crazy it and was that's really a long, scary a long slow climb out of that hole yeah and there's no there's no answer right there's no like it's not like a knee or or a broken bone or something where in rehab you do a b c d and you'll get yeah you'll get there it's like there's no true way to heal and recover from a concussion it's just all very personalized and it takes time and i mean i just i looked at a white wall for like two weeks straight just like (laughs) tried to meditate on getting healthy and feeling better and like doing everything i possibly could because like my whole project was basically banking on it yeah crazy is that uh is that a is that a lot of pressure when you know you've got a project on the go obviously even um, it sucks when you're coming back from a from a injury but even when you're not and you're like okay i gotta go get this like is it does it start to stress you out ever i mean that would be an understatement yeah yeah (laughs) it's like something about not being able to do your job a and then b it's like you have this you've had this goal and this vision and you you have the funding and the projects together you have the filmers the support like the productions all everything's in place and then you're just the one piece of the puzzle that's not there it's so so hard (laughs) like definitely a battle and i think um i learned so much from going through that and um head injuries are just they're real like i i have a lot of respect for people that um have gone through that and definitely i would say the most underrated injury out there yeah it feels like there's still lots to learn everyone's different totally yeah, yeah. some some things like some treatments that help one person will make no difference for someone yeah. else yeah. so it's really just about finding finding what it is that works for you and and it's time too. And it's like, it's for me, it was like, if I was on my phone for 20 seconds, I would have an absolute blazing headache. Like couldn't, couldn't look at a TV without feeling sick. Someone like walked by me and my eyes had to adjust. I'd get all loopy. Yeah. I just, I had to, I had a long way to go in a short period of time. Somehow I was able to get there and and my season strong so really couldn't have asked for more <laughs> crazy uh are you are you a book reader was that were you able to do that no i couldn't nothing? read i you couldn't no there was not like that was what what i'm talking about with it being so mentally like hard actually i did sink into the kitchen right. during that time that was something i could do um definitely like started baking and just cooking and nourishing my body with everything I could to be healthy. And that was like kind of my one escape come to think about it. Yeah. And I mean, obviously as an athlete is, uh, is your diet pretty, you know, pretty driven in this one way or do you get to, you know, play around a bit because you are out there digging and and burning a lot of energy. Yeah. To be totally honest, I'd like to say like, Oh no, I like, um, very strict. Like, My body is a right? temple. She's very, you know, regimented and, and her food's really healthy. Right. Uh, but uh, are you running that kind of program or is there a... Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you, right. Pete. No, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely like, <laughs> I love food. It's a big part of my, of my, uh, my lifestyle, really. Like I love, when I travel, I just love, love eating out. I love experiencing, I think so much of culture is to do with food and um 
I eat, I, eat, I mean, I eat healthy and yeah. I eat well, but it's not I'm, a lot of Pemberton McDonald's drive through from time to time. Yeah, sometimes you need that. <laughs> sometimes. What, uh, what have you got on the, on the rope or on the agenda for this winter? Um, you know, you just finished a two year project. Is there something right away to jump back into or, you know what? No, like to be totally honest, it, it's kind of liberating just to say that like, no, yeah. no, there isn't. There's like not another thing that I'm producing, which is great. Like I just, I'm going to be taking this opportunity to say yes to so many things that in the past few years I haven't been able to just because I've been so one track minded and so focused on this project that now I can do the things for my sponsors that they want me to do and go on trips that to places that I, I want to go to and, um, shoot with Blake I'll definitely get out with him and um yeah I'm also yeah again kind of going back to this this design but um I've got some ideas in the works with ARC um that are really really exciting can't really talk about it too much yet because I don't want to jinx it or anything but um that's definitely like where I see myself evolving and um I'm going to be skiing hard for sure all winter but um, just the fact that I'm not working on a big project is like yeah. kind of a relief to be totally honest. Nice. Nice. And the sponsors are happy with that. Like, oh, we've got lots of you to do. So yeah, totally. I mean, in the past, I haven't been able to go on any of the team trips or a- any of the, um, get togethers or, um, Ar- Arc'teryx does some really awesome events every year. And I've, I've haven't been to one the whole time I've been on the team. Cause I've just been so driven, um, with my projects. So to finally like get to do that, I think is just going to be so fun. Yeah. You skateboard a little bit or is that something you've done your whole life? <laughs> no, no. I, I don't, I don't really know if I could say I skate. Like I kind of wean off of it preseason, like before ski season. Cause I just, like, what am I going to do? Break my arm and then have to call my sponsors and be yeah, like, Hey, yeah. yeah, broke my arm skateboarding. Like, sorry, I'm out for a bit. <laughs> that would not be a good look for me, but totally. Um, I definitely, yeah, had a lot of fun doing that like earlier in the summer and, um, Ty got me into that. We were at the Whistler park going down the snake around a bunch and it's sick. It's a wild sport though. Yeah. I grew up on gravel roads, so I started skateboarding when I was 40, right. Which is a terrible time to start (laughs) right away. Broke, broke my ankle right away. Right. But. Uh, you know, it's, it is super fun to roll. I've seen you at the roller babes. Oh yeah. That's events. roller skating though. That's even, <laughs> that's even more dangerous. Uh, the roller babes are fantastic. You gotta love a man that rocks up to the roller babes event. I don't know. I can't believe more don't, but, <laughs> but that ties into what I was talking about with Ian, how, you know, you go to the skate park these days and there's little girls everywhere, young women everywhere. And, and I always look to skateboarding as sort of the the trendsetter in our sort of sports culture, right? Um, it's it's really good to see young girls skate clubs, girls mentoring each other. And I know that if it's happening in skateboarding now, that's a good sign for all the other sports. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, skateboarding, like as you said, is at the forefront of everything. So, I mean, the, the young women in skating right now are absolutely crushing and – you see that in skiing too. Like the the next generation is here and they yeah. are they are in charge. It's going to be really really cool to watch. Yeah. What happens and it's going to be really cool to watch you know women your age and younger 
start taking control of some of the companies, right? And start changing the culture from that side of things as well. Absolutely. Because it's been, you know, it's it's been white dudes for a long time. Yeah. Right? Euro- <laughs> European white dudes for a long time. <laughs> totally. Which, you know, it is what it is. But it's going to be nice to see a different perspective on that. Heck yeah. What about, um, is there some place you've always wanted to ski but have never been yet? Oh, so many places. I mean, Tara Smithers. Right. I was thinking about that today. I'm like, should I just pack up my truck and go? Yeah. <laughs> I definitely want to. They've wanna... got a huge, my buddy Brian just sent me a screen grab of the forecast and they're going to get like a half meter a night for the yeah, next 10 days. That's what I heard. Yeah. Should we go, Pete? I, 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 <laughs> that place you always want to go back. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely high on my list. Um, that's totally achievable. Like, like you yeah. said, you could pack your truck and be there tomorrow. Totally. Which <laughs> the wheels are turning. I'm yeah. Seriously contemplating that. Um, but yeah, I mean, the world is really an oyster. Like there's yeah. the possibilities are endless. I do want to go back to Japan just cause, oh gosh, the culture is incredible there. Um, there's so many places in Europe, like you got to love the ski scene in Europe. Yeah. It's just a whole different world. It's it's yeah. wild um but chamonix is high high on my list um i've wanted to go for the last two years and that was actually supposed to be um a location in my project passage but right. because of covid yeah that got shut down and i ended up doing the trip to the rockies with my dad instead which is always a pretty good consolation trip for sure totally yeah, yeah. especially when we hike up a cool like that and get really great conditions and kind of one of those perfect days that yeah. was like, okay, well, this, that, yeah, that I mean, was one perfect. of those memories you can take the rest of your life. Right. And I think that's a good thing about skiing is, you know, even when you're a snotty little teenager, that's kind of an asshole. Like I still remember being psyched to go skiing with my folks, right. Because they could rip. Oh, totally. And you can really do it. And even if you just, you know, go for a couple runs, I meet at lunch and like, you know, it's a, it's a true family sport, which I think is, one of the best things about it. Yeah, absolutely. My dad still skis harder than me. I go to Lake Louise, try to keep up with my dad. He's like, serious. I'm like, what? This is crazy. Like, how are Yeah. I'm I'm like huffing and puffing trying to keep up with him and he's just gone. I'm like, wow. I that's what I where I want to be. Yeah. When I'm when I'm that age. What about does your brother has does he have kids or No, he doesn't. He has right. a beautiful girlfriend. She's part of the family at this point so do you guys feel the pressure you know like you know you're still quite young but is is there that sort of hey we've had this shop for 70 years like let's keep her going here you guys you know i kind (laughs) of yeah (laughs) yeah i think everyone with parents probably feels that a little bit totally yeah i mean for sure it's just such a that's why i'm i just go back to bragging on my brother just because i'm so proud that he stepped into that role and actually my younger cousin matt minode he's stepping into that as well in his own way um and i just have so much respect for them you know like i go into the shop and it's just they're working so hard and it like minodes is definitely a different business like it's not your average sports shop and you you notice that as soon as you walk in and it's just because of my brother and, and my family and our employee are incredible employees that like really put our, the attention to the detail. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. I mean, in this day and age, you know, that's getting more and more rare, but also people are responding to it probably more and more than ever because yeah. you, you can definitely feel that personal touch. Totally. Wow. What about, what, uh, 
what's something that, uh, you know, maybe what, what makes you stoked these days outside of, of skiing? Is there a, uh, is mean, there a, a record or a, t- is, is there music that you're hyped on or? I'm a country girl (laughs) through and through like but then again I was in the gym the other day I'm like this country's not quite hitting like I need I needed some like rap you know like you can't be in the gym like trying to get hustle and you're listening to country yeah it's not really hitting the same so I'll definitely like listen to rap when I'm working out but um yeah I, I definitely like see see myself getting getting involved in horse horses in the next yeah. i would say f- couple years and that's really where i want to evolve and grow into and fishing and just food and um yeah, yeah that's just like following your passions and chasing what you love is has like has never done me wrong so yeah keep yeah. doing and that i mean you're in pemberton that's a good place to have a horse right totally yeah what about um when you talk about your country, is it old old school country or like to me, you know, anything past kind of 1973, it starts <laughs> to get a little bit weird and then it gets better again lately. Yeah. But... I, I hear you. I definitely like the old country. Like yeah. Hank. Yeah. You can't, you can't beat that, but I, I won't lie. I like the shitty pop country oh, yeah. from time to time too. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a time and place for everything, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So do you get to ride horses much then, like with friends and stuff still? Yeah, I mean, I go back home. My parents actually live on a ranch right. out, outside of Calgary now. So, um, and they're totally involved. Like that's their their lives or their horses. They actually travel around and do cow horse competitions and uh, they compete against each other too, which is really cute. They're, they're, can, you, can you rope and stuff? I, I can't. My cousin, though, Morgan Grant, he's one of the best ropers in the world. He won awesome. the Calgary Stampede a couple years ago wow. um, in steer wrestling. So, yeah, he's – yeah, it's it's pretty cool to watch him go. Um, but, yeah, I just – I love horses. Like something about connecting with a, an animal of, of that yeah. size, like it's just otherworldly. Like it's – it's such a wild thing and um yeah i absolutely the more we talk about this i'm like yes i need to get a horse and i need to get a horse soon have you been out uh with squamish river horse adventures with bushy and stace no but it's so cool to watch what stacy's doing i definitely would love to go for a ride with her let's do it yeah i went and got a new hat just from from going out there and hanging out with those guys you gotta look the part i I, (laughs) I mean, it feels like the cowboy thing is kind of, you know, experiencing a bit of a trendiness right now, <laughs> but I'm happy to say I, I, I'm out there shoveling shit. So yeah. I feel like I just, I earned my hat. It's a rite of passage. Yeah. Um, what, uh, what else, what, what else, is there anything else you want to talk about here while, while you have the, the world's attention? Yeah. I mean, Yeah. I don't know. I mean, just... there's a lot of things we can avoid, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. There's a lot of things you don't want to talk about these days. Yeah, right? there's a lot of... Uh... Religion, politics, and vaccines are a hard no. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's <laughs> a subject I won't even touch. No, no, no. I know what I wanted to ask you. Um, let's talk about sea doing. <laughs> yeah. Didn't you go on like a huge trip up the coast just on the sea doos? Yeah, that was actually last summer. And uh, that's something I definitely want to get more into. It's a lot like snowmobiling where yeah. you're you're out there. You are at the mercy of those elements. And the ocean is yeah. 
a whole other thing, right? Like it's, you have to be just as dialed out there as you do in the backcountry and really have like your team and your support system and like have your, be dialed because it, it is very humbling out there. But I want to definitely do more of that off my sea do and the, the coast, Tofino is like the perfect spot for that to access those remote waves. Yeah. And, and, uh, I guess you, ocean fishing, it's not something you would have grown up with, but, uh, are you getting into it? I mean, yeah, like this salmon fishing is something that I'd love to do just to fill my freezer. Um, and I, I have so much to learn when it comes to that. And we obviously live in an incredible part of the world to do that, but I know nothing about it. Like I'm such a trout fisher that I'm like, I don't know I have no idea what I'm doing when I'm down in Squamish. Um, but uh, the saltwater flat fishing is really like that is where I'm truly in my happy place. Um, right. I got to go to Belize a couple years ago and fish for permit um, down there. And that was that. Yeah. I even talking about it. It's triggering feet. I'm like, what? <laughs> I, I think we're going to have to phone the tourism board of Seychelles and and get those guys on board. It's so funny you say that cuz that if I could fish anywhere in the entire world that's where it would be. How do you know that? I've been eyeing that place up too, yeah. right? It yeah. Do, it's not easy to get to. It doesn't look cheap, but I mean, I feel like anywhere that there's a tourism industry, they probably want totally, you and me to come. Totally. Actually, <laughs> my friends used to manage the one of the lodges wow. down in the Seychelles and they actually stepped out of that position a couple years ago. I was like, oh no, that was my in. Yeah, totally. Um, But yeah, there's so many places. Like I have just as many places, if not more that I want to fish that I want, as I do that I want to ski. So it's. What about South America? You skied down there? Yes. Yeah. I mean. They got big trout in Lake Titicaca. Yeah, Yeah. they do. (laughs) I just like saying Lake Titicaca. I couldn't take you seriously there. They do have big trout in there. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the thing with skiing, right? Is like every time I'm I'm going, obviously, in the winter, they're Mm -hmm. winter. So the best time to fish the the streams and the rivers are generally not then. Yeah. Um, If not, they're completely closed. Um, It's definitely in South America and. Um, so just to go to destinations like that, just to fly fish, it would be, that would be like, that's like a holiday. For yeah, you. exactly. Yeah. That's like a real treat. Yeah. 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 Oh man. You're tying your own flies, all that. No, yeah. I mean, I actually, this is a fun fact. I, one of my first jobs in Whistler was with Brian Nesca right. when he had the fly fishing shop next to yeah, Duff's. Yeah, beside 7-Eleven. Yeah. And he. Was it 7-Eleven or was it Dubs? Like that oh, uh, spot maybe. next to Dubs. Yeah, yeah. Right between 7-Eleven and Dubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. So he, I would just sit there for days and days and tie ants. Because <laughs> every summer, Whistler has an ant hatch. Yeah, yeah And when that hatch is going off, people are coming in left, right, and center to buy ants. So <laughs> I think I got like carpal, tun- carpal tunnel in my fingers from just tying so many ant patterns. But... Um, I remember like not really feeling that confident knowing really what I was doing. Cause those were the first flies I ever tied. And then kind of this OG fisherman came in and he's like, young lady, like I got to buy a do- dozen more of those ants. Cause they really crushed it for me today. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> I'm down with this. <laughs> yeah. Ant factory. Yeah. 
I, I, I miss that store. Totally. Um, so you've been in this area a while then. Like yeah. that store has been gone at least five years. To- right? Well, yeah. I mean, I moved out here when I was 19. So right. I just spent spent a winter in Revy and then I've been yeah. on the coast. I mean, I've traveled a lot in between then and kind of like lived out of my truck and yeah. done the free ride world tour thing and moved to Salt Lake for a couple years in between. But um, I've always had a spot here. It's always been, it's it's home for me now. So. Sweet, sweet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as, as we, uh, as we roll her down here for the, you know, young kids out there, they're going to watch the passage movie and they're going to be like, that's what I want to do with my life. Do you, do you have some canned go-to advice for people that are, you know, that look to you as a, someone that they want to emulate? Yeah. I mean, I would say again, it's just going back to chasing your passions and doing what you love and surrounding yourself with mentors, right? Cause that's what got me where I'm at was just chasing people that I looked up to and, um, people that I, I emulate and I respect. And, um, I think that that's, there's no better inspiration, right. Than that. And there's nothing that, um, can kind of get you further than surrounding yourself with, with good energy and people that, that you respect and aspire to be like, well, there we go. You heard it from the lady herself, Tatum. Thank you so much for your time. And, uh, yeah, we'll hopefully see you on the river or on the hill. Or on both. Yeah. Or on the plane to Seychelles. Oof. Dude. The dream. Let's make it happen. Cheers. <laughs> and that, Mountain Lifers, is that. What a fascinating person. What a great conversation. Tatum, really fun to talk to, especially, I suppose, if you're into fishing and baking pies. But irregardless, thank you, Tatum for giving us your time. The film, again, is called Passage. It's online. It's on Red Bull TV. It's fantastic. Also, thanks to Sharai Rules for the voiceovers off the intro, and thanks to Adrian Gendro for the guitar licks. And thanks to all of you for listening and for reading the magazines, hitting up the website, and buying merch from the online store. We definitely have the best merch right now that we've ever had in the 15 years I've been here, so be sure you check that out, mountainlifemedia.ca. There's a button for a store. And uh, that's it, I guess. Take care of each other out there. Keep your digital security protocols tight. And if you see any hackers, kick them in the teeth. Until then, namaste, motor truckers. We will catch you on the flip side right back here sometime in February. I have no idea who the guest is going to be, but that kind of makes it exciting.